Showtime. Welcome to the Home Theater Forum Podcast. My name is Brian Dobbs. Hey, and I'm Sam Poston. And today we're going to be talking about some terrible movies here. And I've wanted to talk about this for a while now. And I, I was trying to think of a title. And I was going back and forth with Sam. I said, Sam, you know, help me think of a title. What What's a good title we can call this? I don't think I came up with it directly on my own, but it was something that you know, I've repeated from somebody somewhere long lost on home theater forum. We're going to call it shelf regret. I thought that was so perfect, man. <laughs> just because it's like, it sums it up, man. I mean, th- this is what we're specifically talking about or the impetus of this show. Let's just say was you're staring at your collection and you're thinking, why on earth is that on my shelf? Why did I buy that? Yeah. Or even worse, you say, I didn't like that the first time I saw it. Why did I buy it still? In some cases, I will have bought a DVD because I had never seen it in the theater and it was real cheap on sale, and so I bought it. In other cases, it's a movie where it's a sequel to a movie that was good, and I said, well, of course, I have to pick it up just to put it in the collection, you know, as a completist and things like that. Whether or not I've seen it before, you know, it doesn't really matter in some cases because, like... If you're trying to have the full collection, then you have to buy it. Oh, man, I hadn't even really thought about that angle of it. Later in the the program, we'll talk about the list of, like, the worst movies ever. And we should keep, like, a running track of how many of them are sequels. (laughs) And whether or not sequels, you know, on on average tend to be better or worse than their, their previous ones. And, you know, can that be righted by sequels of sequels? What I did not include on this list was my James Bond collection. I have the entire James Bond collection, and certainly there are ones that are much better than others. And so I I think that kind of plays into what you just said. Like, Mm. if you want the James Bond collection, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, the silly with the more serious. Even that. Well, I like the silly. Yeah, well. Even the oddball, jeez, uh, what was it, where Sean Connery came back for Bond? Never, never say never again. Never, never say never again. In an unofficial Bond production the same year that Roger Moore was in an official Bond production. Like, it just got bizarre, and some of those movies got really silly. But they started getting more serious, and now Daniel Craig is back on top as Bond, and everybody loves it. So I'm not really talking about that because it's kind of like it goes with the territory. Sure. That's a whole franchise spanning, what, 50 years, and... Right. There's going to be some duds in there, but there's going to be some ones that are much better. So, And, and, and that's the, one of the things we talked about in one of the previous episodes, right? We've got this almost embarrassment of riches in the hobby today. There's literally tens of thousands of movies, more than we'll ever get to watch. 
So why spend time watching bad movies? Yeah. And uh, I think we should dig into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we should. So uh, let's let's get started. I think what, what really, <laughs> what the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was Escape Plan 2. Did you drink? No, what you got, Tiny. I know you didn't go straight and get an honest job pouring drinks, so tell me, DeRosso, what are you doing here? I could easily ask you the same question. Have you seen this? I have both Escape 1 and Escape Plan 2 in my voodoo locker. I haven't seen either of them yet, but uh, they're on my list. All right, so I won't spoil anything. Um, Do do you know the basic premise of of the first? Yeah, basically it's Stallone and Schwarzenegger locked in some maximum security thing and they get out. Is that right? I've read that you guys actually hated each other for a while. Well, we were very competitive. Yeah, I think hate's a good word. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Come on. <laughs> Did you ever hate somebody so much? You go, I got to get to the gym. I got to, and, you know, a musician go, oh, I hate this guy. I'm going to blow him away next yeah. audition. You can now, I really respect this guy. I think, I think he's brilliant. What yeah. he's done, what he's accomplished, he's had three different careers. Oh, he's great. But I want to strangle him. You want to strangle him? <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, yeah. But I mean, you, you would do Rambo, and then he would do... Commando. Commando, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, it's like bingo and dingo yeah, like, and go go <laughs> and bobo. It just kept going. It just kept going. Bingo and, going. and dingo. Yeah, and you know what? To see them team up, and Arnold plays into his Austrian roots. His character's name is Emil Rottmeier. You know, <laughs> okay. so he's playing into that. And it's an actually it's an interesting premise. It was well, you know, I think it's like the best directed video team up you, you could you could imagine. It it, it kind of enters in that directed video area. Oh, is that the origin of them? Well, no, it was it was re- it was released theatrically. I saw it. Oh, okay. I saw it in the theater actually. Oh, you did. But okay. it just feels like directed video. So- so it wasn't on my radar until even the second one came out, and I'm like, how did I even miss that this series uh, was a thing? Well, yeah, when when Arnold started coming back into movies, I think he just called up Stallone. He's like, hey, what do you got? Let's do something, right? So mm-hmm. they just you crank- got the Expendables, right? You lost weight, really? Or whatever weight I lost, you found, pal. You guys aren't gonna start sucking each other's dicks, are you? <laughs> Fuck you, asshole! It was an offshoot of that. Yeah, they did that. That was kind of easy in, easy out for for Arnold. But then this was more extensive. Like he's, you know, supporting character. You get to see them fight and all this other kind of stuff. It's really cool. Oh, gotcha. I don't know why Stallone felt the need to make a sequel to it. I just thought it was like a one and done. Hey, let's do this thing with Schwarzenegger and be done with it. But Escape Plan 2 comes out, and this was a legit direct-to-video release. This was not released th- theatrically. I see. And I'm watching it. So what do you got? All right. Two things. A dark bank account, codenamed Sparrow. Rushko has been sending money too. And they also sent 10 million to Leon Grassi, a lobbyist for the private prison industry. I know this Leon Grassi. He used to work for the prison board for about 13 years. And then he started taking a lot of heat every time I broke out of one of his places. So he decided to jump into the private sector. Haven't heard from him since. He looked very nice today, but you know that. I'm like, this is a giant pile of dog shit. <laughs> Can we say that? I think so. I think we can. We can say whatever the fuck we yeah. want, right? <laughs> and I'm looking online, and I come across an article on ScreenRant.com. I'll link it in the show notes. And I'm quoting the article here. It says, Despite being sold as stars of the movie, 
Stallone and Batista, Dave Batista, had minimal yeah. screen time. The story was paper thin. The sets looked cheap, and the action was boring. And I said, "That's exactly what I was thinking." Hey, Russell. Good to be back. No, it's bad to be back. Yeah. And so a fan sent Stallone a message on Instagram. The basic premise of the message was, "Hey, you know, Stallone, I'm hoping that." Because Stallone announced he's going to do Escape Plan 3, and so the fan was like, hey, I hope Escape Plan 3 was better than Escape Plan 2. Stallone responds, and I quote, myself too, Escape Plan 2 was beyond awful. This is okay. this is from Stallone. So I'm like, yeah. gee, thanks, after I bought it. <laughs> you laughed, you cried, you threw 10 bucks goodbye. It really was a movie that had a Stallone extended cameo in it. Oh my God, it was so bizarre. You look very nice today, but you know that. So that's what kind of set me off. I'm like, we got to do the show now. This is it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the weird thing about Hollywood, right? Is sometimes they get these contractual type things that they got to do. And they just know, all right, we're going to waste three months putting this thing together. Nobody's ever going to see it. It'll be a laughing stock, and we'll move on to the next thing. Yay! Oh, I can't imagine why they're just, and they're doing a third. I don't have any faith the third's going to be any good, and I I don't know, man. It's some part of me still wants to buy it because it's going to be up on the shelf, but the other part of me is like, don't do it, Brian. You've learned it, it's your like lesson. that that train crash, right? You can't look away. I know. So that's what set me over the edge here with this thing, this whole thing. So Escape Plan 2, I kept that one. I'm keeping it for now. <laughs> I may change my mind in the future because I only have so much shelf space and you got to make a decision. I need your cue balls. I cover our back. We are Legion. Whatever. I've got a long history of liking bad movies, right? I mean, I, I love the whole mystery science theater type oeuvre of enjoying bad movies for what they are. So, I mean, I can appreciate badness in its many qualities, but there are just some things that take themselves way too seriously that you can't even get that much fun out of it. Uh, The worst movie I've ever seen, by far, bar none, is something called Waiting for Guffman. I have a little announcement to make. Mort Guffman is gonna come from New York City and see our show. We have one shot at this. We've got one performance with Mort Guffman coming to town. We need to hitch up our panties and run. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah, and were you a fan of like um Yeah Spinal Tap before that? I'm a and, fan and of all guys? the I'm all a fan of all those Christopher Guest movies. You didn't like Guffman? I mean I'm not sure if no. that was I think that's no. probably at the bottom of my list for Christopher Guest movies. But still it's one that you can sit and enjoy. I would rewatch that for sure. Yeah. And and that's the funny thing. But one of my coworkers at the time was like, This is the greatest movie ever. It's like Spinal Tap too funny. I'm going, okay, well, I mean, I love Spinal Tap. They're so black. It's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None is that good? more black. Mm-hmm. Is that I think you're, like, you're like rationalizing this whole thing like into something that you you did on, on purpose. Boy, you no, know, I think we're stuck with a very no, very no, stupid no, and a very and a very dismal looking album. This is David, depressing. Choice. This is something David. you wear around your arm. You don't put this on your fucking turntable. David. I could watch that, you know, once a year or every year or more. 
And uh, no, no, it was just, it was two hours of just dragging on. I, I didn't get it. The city council of Blaine gave me the responsibility of putting together a show to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Blaine. I took the whole history of the town and I squeezed it like a piece of fresh bread. I think the uh, one really important thing that I learned in working with Corky is that I do indeed have talent. My booby made a kishka. She made it big and fat. My Zeta took one look at it and said, I can't eat that. I probably haven't watched it in 10 years now. I should probably go back and see if I get it now. But My sister was saying the same sorts of things about how it was, it was a really good movie. I finally watched it. I, I don't feel as strongly as she did about it, but I did enjoy it. Have you seen any of the other Christopher Guest I saw little little parts of is it dog park or dog walking something like that something yeah with the dog show dog show best in show best, I don't know yeah them. best in show um a mighty wind have you seen a mighty wind no that's about like flautists right I, I said boy that sounds more like Guffman than Spinal Tap no it, it's about getting a few folk artist groups back together for a, a tour you know how they do that they they get a bunch of uh groups sure, back together yeah. and do a, a collective tour or a collective show or something like that um that right. i think would actually be a, a better spiritual successor to to spinal tap because it's very musically involved got all that same crew but they're doing singing and playing music i thought it was just so clever i had a lot of fun with it but um yeah i would agree guffman isn't is probably towards the bottom of the list for the Christopher Guest mockumentary series. This might be a running theme that things that I hated that other people loved, you know, other people really loved across the universe. I, I didn't get that. I thought it was so a waste of the, the, the whole Beatles music. But I, the same thing happened to me with Home Theater 4 when we went to see Beatles Love in uh, in Vegas. I, I thought that was terrible and everybody else was raving about it. So maybe it's just me. We can all have our own perspectives. Yeah. Nobody's wrong. <laughs> I can't wait to, to see a reaction to some of these in here. So the next one on my list is a recent release uh, starring Gerard Butler, Den of Thieves. Have you seen this? No lie. I just watched that with my mom back in New Jersey. What? We had a had a couple hours Your to mom, kill. Your mom, dude? Yeah, yeah. No way. I, I, I have set my parents up with an Apple TV up there with access to my full Apple library and my Voodoo library. And I was like, oh, I heard this was great, and I love heist movies, and she kind of digs heist movies too. Boy, what a disappointment that was. I would say it had a few interesting scenes. Rolando, this is my dad. What's up, Mr. Lavo? Nice to meet you. Yeah, let me out of here for a second. Oh, let me talk to you, bro. Alright, don't worry about it, okay? We're just gonna talk. So, this what's up. For the past 16 years, my daughter's safety and protection has been my responsibility and my responsibility only. Now, for the first time in her life, I see I gotta hand you that responsibility. Don't fuck up. Or your mama will weep if she has to wheel your ass around every day the rest of your life. Now, I, I worked on this because I want to say this to you as nice as possible. You understand? Yeah. Y yes, sir. Toy si, que hayu, I go and me. Eh? Quamo to hila mayai. Okay. Eh? It's all right, it's all right. Listen, listen. All he's trying to say is it's, it's wonderful to meet you. 
And he wants you to have a beautiful evening. I'll see you at 11.30. Yeah, yeah. 11.30, yeah, 11.30. I'm always a yeah. fan of Gerard Butler. Yeah, for sure. You know, that whole divorce subplot with his wife and a family, that yes. was virtually meaningless and essentially goes nowhere. Right. The movie really wants to be heat and bad boys. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this is trying to be heat. It, you mix and... heat and bad boys together, and it's, it's like a B version of, of those two movies. So part of this confession is we watched it in stereo off the sound off of their flat panel TV. Uh-huh. So I didn't even get the surround sound from the... Because the fight scenes were awesome, right? You got uh, fully automatic weapons going off up and down the street. <sighs> Okay, we got him pinched in. We got to move before it opens up. Cuff him up. We advise suspects wearing body armor. No center mass shots, limb and headshots only. Copy that. Go around right here. Z, go down the right. Gus, right show, center with me. Push. Stay in the left. Don't come in. Pass me the soft. Let's go. Stay down! Stay down! Sheriff's Department, lady, get in the car! And so maybe if I had heard that part of it and it really sunk in and it was really heat-like, yeah, I could have could have rated it higher. But right. no, it just characters didn't do anything for me. I decided to just pass that one on along to my dad. Oh, so that's like the bad penny. Passed along the bad penny. Maybe uh, I'll give it to somebody else and saddle them with it. You know, he, he'd probably enjoy it. And then, you know, if he wants to rewatch or to give it away, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't matter. Yep. I've seen it once. Don't need to see it again. So can we talk about TV a little bit, too? Because there's definitely a couple TV things that hit here. I, I know we're going to mostly focus on on movies, but I have one real giant stinker of a TV. And this is why I reviewed for Home Theater Forum and I kind of trashed it pretty good. And a bunch of these 1970s TV fanatics came out at, at me with pitchforks. But it was called The Martian Chronicles. Yeah, that's better. You do speak English. I do now. That must be the way I spoke to Sam. Sam? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a friend. This is a wondrous moment. Is it? Yes. Oh my God, you're a ghost. What? Gods, you're a ghost. Me? You? No. Did you see that one? Mm, no. Oh, 10 hours of just pure 1970s bad sci fi. <laughs> I'm sure significant and copious amounts of cocaine were consumed in the, in the production of this thing. Wait, Martian Chronicles, like, is that Ray, Ray Bradbury? Yeah, well, he wrote it, and then they did it for TV. In the 70s? And yeah, yeah, like 1976. Oh, maybe. I can picture it. I I can picture it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, imagine 4-3 blown up to 1080p. Very, very, you know, it's essentially taking a broadcast TV and just dropping it on Blu-ray. I'm like, this is grainy, it's, you know, schlocky, and they're all like, no, we love it, we must, we're so happy to finally have this on Blu-ray. I'm like, well, 
Uh, if I was to give anything away, that would probably be first first on my list. But nope, it's sitting on my shelf. Uh, yeah, I'd give that one away, dude. <laughs> Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. That converter is government property. Most likely the last one in the whole universe. Oh. So you buy into the commander's what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine philosophy? No, I buy into my oath of allegiance. We have no authority to hand it over. The Federation messed up and must make amends. Yeah, I agree, but that's not for us to decide. Leave it to the courts. They're 18 light years away, Valerian. Only we can make this right. Lorlane, I'm a soldier. I play by the rules. It's what makes me who I am. That's why I don't want to marry you, because you really don't know what love is. Oh, come on. This has nothing to do with love. That's where you're wrong. Love is more powerful than anything else, Valerian. It breaks all rules and laws and overpowers any army or government. I liked the action and the artistry of Valerian, but I get you completely saying that it was very, very derivative of other sci-fi things. And, and and maybe that's because the original artwork and stuff and story came from comic books back in the 80s and 90s. And so, you know, other things have done it better. But yeah, I, 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 I get you that it, it, it just moves at a kind of snail's pace. But very pretty. Yeah, very pretty. I mean, as as a more like modern aesthetic of uh, keeping that, that fifth element kind of aesthetic. Sure. But yeah, modernized. Yeah, yeah. I mean... But they went overboard. They, they, yep. they. I think they were trying to go for a modern day Fifth Element, but it really ended up looking more like a Jupiter ascending. Welcome, Your Majesty. I am Titus Abrasix, third primary of the House of Abrasix, and it is my profound honor to meet you. You are aware that by detaining me without consent, you are in direct violation of Statute 27B-6. Your Highness is a quick study of the entitled code, I see. I also know that I can file a tax grievance against you unless you take me directly where I want to go. Yeah, yeah, and did you like Jupiter Ascending? Uh, it was, it was, uh, it didn't make this list, but that was kind of wacky from those Wachowskis. Yeah, terrific demo material, right? Like, I, I, I had never even seen the movie, and somebody sent, uh, sent me the Atmos demo disc that has, uh, them f- shooting around in the alleyway, and man, I was like, oh, I gotta see this movie now, and no, the rest of it didn't live up to it. No, no, it's so weird. It's like weird Phantom Menace weird, and um, <laughs> the 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 action the action's good. It's actually it's actually mastered at a high level, so uh, it, it's it's loud, relatively speaking. But right, yeah. seriously though, fa- I got I got halfway through Valerian, and I just fast forwarded right to the rest of it. <laughs> I just couldn't, could not, you know, just like you were saying earlier, I just don't want to spend the time watching this. Valerian, I passed that one to my dad. Have you ever walked out of a movie in the theater? Once. Yeah, what was it? I took my then-girlfriend, now-wife, to go see The Hills Have Eyes 2. Well, she's a true. Back in the early 2000s. Jeez, early 2000s? Might have been like 2006 or 7-ish, something like right then. I don't know why, but she really liked the first one. I, okay. I essentially, I think it was a remake, essentially. But for whatever weird reason, she liked the first one. So we went to go see the second one. I mean, it's just worse than straight to video. 
Uh, trash. I don't you know, know if I've ever seen it. Yeah, don't waste your time. But we we're like looking at each other like we're ten minutes in. This is this has got awful. We knew mm-hmm. then that we were just going to have a better time going to do something else. So, so I've never walked out of a movie, but I have, you know, shut off Blu-rays and never gone back to them. Uh, the only time I ever came close to walking out of a movie was uh, Jaws 3D. <laughs> do you remember that one? They actually Ooh. had the old, old red and blue uh, 3D glasses. My Again, family <sighs> members indulging me in the hobby. My grandmother, God bless her soul, and God rest her soul, she took me to see it, and about 10 minutes in, she walked out, and (laughs) I I guess I was a complete dumbass. I I stayed and watched the rest of the movie um, without her, um, and it was bad. It was bad. I I didn't didn't gain anything by not walking out when she did, so I guess that made me a bad person that day. But no, I've never walked out of a movie. I've I've stuck out some stinkers for sure. One of the worst movies I've ever seen is Larry the Cable Guy in Witless Protection. So, um, how did you become a health inspector? I mean, working for the government, it must be so exciting. Well, I gotta tell you, keeping people from blowing chunks and crapping on themselves is pretty much all I've ever been good at. I mean, nobody really knows the responsibility I carry around. But but you must have dreams and aspirations. Well, I gotta tell you, I don't really have a lot of dreams. I had one a couple weeks back after I left the bar and had some of that skunky beer. Oh yeah? What was it? Oh, big giant woman made out of moon pies. She looked a lot like Lulu from Hee Haw. <laughs> I don't have that dream about her no more though. No? Who do you dream about now? A little bit smaller girl. Looks a little bit like you. In a moon pie bikini. <laughs> Any chance you didn't hear that? You had to review that? I, I think I volunteered. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's terrible. It's in 7.1 DTS HD Master Audio. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. funny when they take just like a character with a simple stick and then just draw it out into an entire movie. Yes. And, and you know, they did that great with like the first couple Ernests, and then I guess they overstayed their welcome with him too. But yeah, Larry, poor Larry did not translate well to the oh, big screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ernest Goes to Camp is gold oh my gosh i love Ernest. i probably haven't seen any of them in 20 years i got a few of them i'm watching with my daughter carrie she likes them so getting back to tv walking dead from the network that brought you breaking bad a show you couldn't stop watching comes a show so inconsistent you have to keep talking yourself into watching the walking dead Fans of the comic have been waiting years to see their favorite characters come to life on the small screen. And after three seasons, they're still waiting. Instead, witness a season about the group's desperate search for answers. An uneven season about a fight for survival. And season two. Oh, well, I have a love-hate relationship there, so I I totally understand what you're saying. That's the sense I get from people. I mean, the first few seasons, they were for sure promising. You know, it it moves slow, but you could kind of go with it. That's, 
you know how those AMC shows go. Um, right. But then all of a sudden, just these the storytelling, the the plot had all these characters making head slap stupid decisions that you right. wouldn't really make in real life, and so it just became yeah, so totally. unrealistic and frustrating to watch. Why are you doing that again? Their double sin on that was that was usually their longest episodes. They're like double extra 15 minutes time on this episode. And you're like, who signed off on that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the zombie action's good. All the zombie yeah. stuff is good. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, just in like the latter seasons, all the characters just become unlikable. Yep. Unlikable, dumb decisions. And it becomes more of like a, uh, a soap opera than a survival type deal. So I'm with you. So I still have them on my shelf. Our plan is to give uh, seasons one through seven or eight, I forget which, but we're, we're stopping collecting them. Um, uh, our plan is to give them all to my father-in-law because he's never seen them. And <laughs> I think he'd probably enjoy Did you get roped into Fear the Walking Dead? No, but I considered it for a moment. But then based off of how Walking Dead was trending, I was like, eh. I'm a huge fan of Kim Dickens. I thought she was one of the best parts of uh, Deadwood, and I, I pretty much loved anything that she was in. So is is it like Walking Dead, or is it... No, a totally different pace. I, I gave up after the first season. I think they're on season six or seven now. I have zero regrets on giving up on that. Couldn't tell you if it's any good or bad now, but they lost me. Okay, uh, Ultraviolet. Hello, my name is Violet. They made her a weapon. Killing is what I do. It's what I'm good at. They made her a target. The humans want me. You jeopardize everything by coming here. I don't have any place left to go, Garth. Besides, you have all my guns. And in the final days of mankind's greatest war... This is pure suicide. No one but you could have put this up. She will decide their fate. Are you mental? Okay, so Mila Jovovich and William Fickner star in this story of a woman caught in a futuristic civil war between the government and a subculture of disease-modified humans in whom speed, strength, and intelligence are magnified. To protect a young boy who's been marked for death, she must fend off the human government. And it sounds so kick-ass, man. She's got a blade. She's got You got Mila Jovovich. She looks like she's kicking ass, and it's just like three hours of weirdness. Uh, I believe it. I mean, she she really doesn't, aside from Fifth Element and maybe one or two other things, like the majority of that Resident Evil schlock that she's in is really just, you know, unfortunately the bulk of her career. Was she in uh, Run, Lola, Run? No. No? Who was that? That that was some other chick. Oh, okay. Bad Mom's Christmas. Oh, I didn't know Rite Aid made Christmas decorations. So I have the whole week planned out. On Thursday, we'll see the Nutcracker. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll all go caroling. Unfortunately, Mike was our baritone, and you're divorcing him. So we're going to have to fill that hole if we're going to win the caroling cup this year. God, the caroling cup? Oh, darling. You know, I lived here. We won the caroling cup nine times. It's too bad you've given up on our family's tradition of winning. Yeah, I guess I've just been a little busy. So. Well, clearly not at the gym. Woof. 
<laughs> I want to celebrate my triumphant return to Chicago. I want to throw an enormous Christmas party at your house. I was thinking Christmas Eve, if that's convenient. What? No, that's not convenient. I mean, we can invite all of my old friends, and we can have a sushi station, and we can hire Kenny G to play Christmas music. I hear he's not even that expensive anymore. Yeah, okay, that, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it's too bad. I've already invited everyone. Where, to my house? Yes, 184 people are coming. What? Why haven't I gotten a Christmas card from you yet? So I've seen the parts of the first Bad Moms. I didn't even know there was a sequel. Yeah, they kind of rushed this one out, I think just to capitalize on the success of the first one and maybe to try to fit it into the holiday season. I mean, the first one was funny. It's kind of like Bridesmaids, almost, you know, as funny as that in that in that zone. And it had heart, it had comedy, and it was, you know, just raunchy enough to get you laughing. And But the second one, they just rushed it out. It didn't even seem like it was the same writing team. I don't know if it was or not. It just didn't feel the same. And Right. None of it was plausible. The characters weren't believable. It was really just mostly caricature, you know. But we bought it because Christmas and <laughs> bad moms. <laughs> yep. So that's in my Christmas section on my shelf. <laughs> you do seem to have a whole suite of Christmas things that you, you go back to year after year. I, I, I never got into yeah. that. Pool. Well, we'll do a show on it later, so. Okay. <laughs> Weirdest horror movie that I can think of. I spit on your grave. <laughs> this woman will soon cut, chop, break, and burn five men beyond recognition. And there isn't a jury in this country that will convict her. Does that one ring a bell for you? It rings a bell. So as I understand it, there was... Uh, an original and then a remake later oh maybe i don't even know about that i think like there was an original that came out like decades ago so w what year did this one come out 78 it was among the first batch of movies that was released on vhs so uh when my neighbors started getting you know movies i mean i was eight years old in, in 78 so maybe it came out nine or you know in 79 or 80 so I was 9, 10, 11 years old when I saw this. And man, it just blew my mind that, you know, <laughs> A, that we were getting to see this stuff uh, whenever we wanted and can roll back and see some of the weirdest scenes and stuff like that. But it, it was mm. it was a stinker. That's probably the original then, because I think they remade probably, it you yeah. know, back in 2010 or something. Well, in that same kind of genre of uh, horror, right? Um, mm -hmm. all of the Exorcist sequels. I wish you'd help Father Lamont. What do you mean? He needs your help. How can I help him? I don't know how to help him. Yes, you do. Reagan, what are you talking about? Well, you know, going into sync, trying to reach him like that. But you told me he's in Africa. But when you're in sync, it's different. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. You can find them. You know, help them. Reagan, is that why you haven't been coming to see me? Because I won't let you go into sync? Yes. See, now, I, I saw on the, the list that The Exorcist 2 was listed as one of the worst ones. And uh, again, confession time, I have a eight or nine movie exorcist collection 
and I don't think I've ever cracked open past number one. So you're telling me that I've got seven or eight terrible movies to go along with that one? Seven or eight? Jeez, I'm only familiar with one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so maybe that's what it is. But it, there's a big collection, let's put it that way. These are god-awful. The only thing Exorcist 2 has going for it, it's got that a little uh, that original uh, girl, actress. She's kind of grown up a little bit, and she's she's oh, in okay. it. So it's, it's kind of neat to see her grown up a little bit. Yeah. But then they just get Exorcist in name only, sort of. And here's the more interesting part. You should actually probably watch them just as just, just to see how they've evolved <laughs> and, as an experiment because because here's okay, so they made Exorcist One, which is a classic, obviously. Exorcist Two, Exorcist Three. I don't have any recollection of anything aside from the the girl in the second one. But Exorcist it's and it's not even Exorcist Four and Five. They 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 were trying to make a prequel to the Exorcist. Okay. So they made the movie. They test screened it. It was so god awful. They actually went back and reshot the entire movie using the same cast. <laughs> but then they ended up releasing both of them. Oh no, no way. One called Exorcist the Beginning and and one called Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. So Exorcist the Beginning has got the same people in it as Dominion prequel to The Exorcist does. But they're just no kind of diff- they're just different movies. Oh wow! Trying to sort of tell the same story. It's so weird, so bizarre. That is strange. So on another confession here, I I think I'm mixing up my Exorcists and Omens. I ha- I think I have both collections, and now I don't know which one is which. <laughs> oh god! Because I think I've only ever seen the original on both of them. So. I'll have to dig through both of those. I'm keeping the original Exorcist, and I'm dumping the rest, if I yeah, haven't already. classic right there, man. So. What was her name, Reagan? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great scenes, man. Speaking of epic disasters, how about Battlefield Earth? What is this species? Well, according to the Klinko historians, the species is called Dog. Dog. Yes. Obviously, the superior race, having the man-animal chauffeur it around. Yes, well, dogs did prove to be more cooperative than the man-animals. For some reason, they weren't as useful when it came to manual labor. You ever see that one? (laughs) No, I haven't. I've never actually seen it, aside from clips. Did you read the book? No. (laughs) Isn't that the thing that's, like, the base sort of loosely based off of Scientology and all that? Yes. Well, it was written by the the same guy that wrote Dianetics, L. Ron Hubbard. And so, of course, Uh, everybody involved in the production was like L. Ron Hubbard devotees, including John Travolta and so on. So, yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to see how not to make an action movie, that's your choice right there. Next on my list is the entire DC Extended Universe. You're letting him kill Martha. What does that mean? Save Martha. Stop. Why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. It's his mother's name. It's his mother's name. Ooh, now you're uh, playing with fire. Because, <laughs> I mean, there are fans out there that will fight you on this, right? I know. Okay, now let me just say I have not seen Aquaman or Shazam. Okay? okay. So I'm not including them because I haven't seen them. What I am including... Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, okay? Of those, Wonder Woman is probably the best one. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that Man of Steel kicking this whole thing off, I think there was a lot of hype post-Dark Knight Rises. We had right. Nolan's involvement, but not really. I mean, he he was he's listed as a producer, but all he really did was convince Warner Brothers that Zack Snyder should direct a Superman movie. But other than that, there's nothing on this that's related to Nolan or Christian Bale's Batman movies. Like, they're right. not related at all. And I think no. fans really wanted them to be related, but they're really not. Yeah. And I think Man of Steel was just like, huh. You know, it's a couple of good action scenes, but when I heard Zack Snyder was hired for Man of Steel, I was like, yes, this is the guy. Watchmen was really a great comic book movie. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. And I wanted the Watchmen version of Superman. I wanted Zack Snyder's signature, slow motion, well-framed shots, all this other kind of stuff, but we didn't get any of that. And this right. just weird, bizarre, mopey Superman. And <laughs> Was he known for anything else besides Watchmen? Zack Snyder? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. He did 300. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... Sure. And he did this other thing called Sucker Punch, and he actually right, did yeah, yeah. a Dawn of the Dead movie that was actually pretty oh, okay. good. I didn't see that, but yeah, I saw the 300, yeah. So you get Man of Steel, I'm like, okay, fine. This is what Zack Snyder's setting up. So I'm like, okay, fine. That They're going to improve it next time. So then they mm-hmm. say, okay, we're going to stick Batman and Superman in the same movie, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but then they hire Ben Affleck, and we're like, what? So you, you lay the blame at Ben? Ben Affleck is not who I wanted as Batman. Did he offend me as Batman when I saw it? Not really. But I'm sitting there watching the movie, and every time he's on screen, I'm calling into question why they casted him as Batman. Mm. And and then on top of that, then we have all the other weird casting issues. Jesse Eisenberg. Boy, do we have problems up here. See, what we call God depends upon our tribe, Clark Joe. Because God is tribal. God takes sides. No man in the sky intervened when I was a boy to deliver me from daddy's fists and abominations. Mm. I figured out way back. If God is all-powerful, he cannot be all-good. And if he is all-good, then he cannot be all-powerful. If you kill me, Martha dies. And if you fly away, mm, Martha also dies. But if you kill the bat, Martha lives. Yes. What were they thinking? I have not a clue. And then Suicide Squad. Something tells me a whole lot of people are about to die. Yeah, it's us. We'll be led to our deaths. Speak for yourself, mate. What's that crap on your face? Is it wash off? This is Katana. She's got my back. She can cut all you in half with one sword stroke, just like mowing the lawn. I would advise not getting killed by her. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. Harley Quinn, nice to meet you. Love your perfume. What is that? The scent of death? You know, a couple of good moments, but just the whole yep. thing was just these movies. I think Wonder Woman was able to best have a singular vision. You know, whenever you have a director yeah. who can retain control of the movie, right? Yeah, you know, Wonder Woman was a competent movie. It was not a great mm-hmm. movie. It was a competent movie. And the best out of all these, uh, you know, like I said, excepting the, the last two that I haven't seen. Justice League. Barry Allen. Bruce Wayne. You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger in my place, sitting in the dark, in my second favorite chair. Tell me about this. This is a person who looks exactly like me, but who is definitely not me. Very attractive Jewish boy. 
somebody who, I don't know, stole your pocket watch or railroads. I know you have abilities. I just don't know what they are. My special skills include uh, viola, uh, web design, fluent in sign language, gorilla sign language. Silica-based quartz sand fabric, abrasion resistant, heat resistant. Uh, yeah, I do competitive ice dancing. It's what they use on the space shuttle to prevent it from burning up on re-entry. I do very competitive ice dancing. I'm putting together a team, people with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Yeah, I, I need friends. I mean, that was just a clear example of so much studio meddling. We have two directors. What's going on in this movie? Mm-hmm. The studio is just so afraid of failure. Yeah, they got a lot invested in it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to do everything they can to copy the formula and success of Marvel, but they have a clear misunderstanding of these characters, and they're obviously rushing to try to catch up with Marvel, but it's not working, or it hasn't worked through Justice League, I don't think. It just seems so rushed, so forced, but it's Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, so of course I'm going to buy it. Right, how can we lose? <laughs> but I'm in no rush to rewatch any of these. Before I show them to my kids, I feel like I need to give them a disclaimer. <laughs> Here's a history lesson, kids. I think that they were disappointments, but I, I think if you were to try to compare the epic bombing of a battlefield Earth to, to, to some of those, I, I, I'm more than willing to give them a little bit of rope because of just how much was on the line. I liked all of those films. I recognize that there were major, major problems with them. But I, I kind of shrugged it off. I guess I, I just can't shrug it off, and that's that's out, that's on me. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, so how about you? What's next? Oh, here we go. Showgirls. Made me feel like a hooker. You are a whore, darling. No, I'm not. We all are. We take the cash. We cash the check. We show them what they want to see. Maybe you are a whore, Crystal, but I'm not. You and me, we're exactly alike. You ever see Showgirls? <laughs> of course I've seen Showgirls. Do you have it in your collection? I don't. Okay. But I must admit, when they came out with like the re-release special edition, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, it's got, it's all fancy and shiny. <laughs> Maybe I should buy it. You know, because that's what you, you think, got- right? Because like, oh, it's got a new cover. It's going to be like a new movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and how could Paul Verhoeven sink so low, you know? The guy had a bunch of hits that I really dug. You've got Verhoeven and boobies. How can it go wrong? <laughs> and boy, man, what a what just a terrible movie with like epically bad reviews. And somehow it's as you say, it keeps getting new releases onto new formats and people still snatch it up. I'm sure I've got a DVD disc in my collection somewhere. I buried in a couple boxes with that one on it because it was one of the first couple of DVDs, but I, I haven't upgraded it. But talking about uh, things that are hiding in the closet, you know? Paul Verhoeven, I mean, Starship Troopers, yep. Robocop. I mean, come on. Like, yep. he's yep. great with the, with the because he doesn't hold back, right? Right. He makes the movie he wants to make. It's yep. an adult movie. Yep. His movies are for adults, which is great. Mm-hmm. Showgirls, I think Elizabeth Berkley coming out of Saved by the Bell, stripping. <laughs> that got people's attention. Yeah. Gina yep. Gershon. I mean, she's very lovely. Schwing. 
Yeah. And yeah, I'll watch that, but yet it ended up being real weird and but yep. but 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 nudity. <laughs> yep. Nudity doesn't carry a whole movie though. At least these kinds of movies. That's true. So here's what's gonna get real controversial. Okay. I'm ready. Star Wars sequels. Prequels. Prequels or sequels? Everything after Return of the Jedi. Oh, uh, man, I don't know about that. I mean, they're, they're, I, mean I really did like uh, The Force Awakens. Um, some of the decisions that came about after that, I'm not fully on board with, but um, you can't beat J.J. Abrams. We've, <laughs> we've adjudicated the prequels, yes. okay? Yes. The internet, red-letter media... Has done the most official adjudication of those movies. Yes. Well, let's ask some real people about the Star Wars characters and see what they say. I pose this simple challenge to them. Describe the following Star Wars character without saying what they looked like, what kind of costume they wore, or what their profession or role in the movie was. Describe this character to your friends like they ain't never seen Star Wars. The more descriptive they could get, the stronger the character, eh? Han Solo. He's a rogue. He's he's very arrogant, uh, charming, roguish, if you will. Han Solo is totally dashing. Wannabe dashing. He he fancies himself a playboy. So like he's a a, a smarmy cocksure uh, um, womanizer, scoundrel. Um, he is uh, he is pig-headed. Completely sexy. In like a bad boy sort of way, where like he's gonna ride the line. He's got a bit of a, a, a dark streak to him, with the you know shooting Greedo in the bar. But also uh, deep down, uh, has a heart of the thief with the heart of gold. That's his character, really. Qui Gon Jinn. He is stoic. I don't remember that character. Okay, is Liam Neeson with the beard? Oh, yes. Well, he has a beard. Qui-Gon Jinn, and uh, he was... <laughs> um... Let's see here, um... Stern? And if you're... if We'll, we'll link to those in the show notes if you're not familiar, sure. but there's, there's really nothing more to be said that they haven't already said about them. But I'm even going to go a few steps further and saying even just the sequels, episode seven. All remaining systems will bow to the first order and will remember this as the last day of the Republic. Episode eight. There is no scene in all of Star Wars worse than Luke Skywalker walking up to the four titty monster, squeezing the tit getting fucking green goo out of it and drinking it, dumping it over his beard and then looking at Ray like, would you like some of this? <laughs> Why was that in this fucking movie? Especially Rogue One. Cargo shuttle, read back, please. What's going on out there? That ship's off limits. No one's supposed to be on board until further instructions. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, affirmative. That's an impounded Imperial ship. What's your call sign, pilot? Um, we have to go. It, it's, um... Say something. Come on. Rogue? Rogue One. Rogue One? 
There is no Rogue One. I haven't even seen Solo, but I hear that's like, don't rush to see it. And that's what it's becoming. Like, I remember years ago before they even were talking about doing this. I was talking to my buddy at work. I'm like, can you imagine if they started making more Star Wars sequels and got the original cast? Because they're all still alive. Okay, let's bring back Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher as these older characters. Make them the central focal point of the movie. Of course, that's not what they want to do. You know, Force Awakens, I think even Red Letter Media tackled that as well. But these still are not what we want them to be. And they keep throwing in what was episode eight? What was what was it called? I, I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> we had Force Awakens and we had what? Right. Um Oh, you caught me flat footed. Oh, we're gonna See? Have to Google it. Yeah. We d- we don't even remember the title. Well, I remember Because we want to forget. Nine's name now because it's so bad. The Rise of Skywalker? What? Gee, like, what are they? What is happening? I don't yeah. want any of this. Yeah. I don't want that casino. They're, they're like, they're, they're they had a mini Phantom Menace in Episode Eight with the casino and the silly animals running all yeah. around a place. This is embarrassing. Yeah. And I don't agree that we should be attacking these 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 actors online and making them feel bad. They they're just doing a job. Someone else wrote the movie. Someone else directed it. Blame Ryan Johnson. Blame Kathleen Kennedy. But actually, go back and blame Ryan Johnson even more. He made he he specifically made these movies to subvert our expectations at the detriment of the movie and the story. Yeah. And so, like, I'll just take my original three, and that's all I need. Yeah, I'm not so harsh on them, and I I have two thoughts on it. Right, one is maybe we're not the target audience anymore. Maybe we could be, but we're not with the people who have made one through three and seven, eight, and nine, and also. Even uh, George Lucas didn't really understand what made his main trilogy just so iconic and epic. And he lost that doing the prequels, right? And he's like, well, I'm making these movies for kids and it's all on you guys that you're not digging. So I don't know. There's there's a truth in there somewhere. I take them for what they are. I enjoy them, even if I love to hate on episode one. At least episode three redeemed it a little bit for me, so... I'm willing to cut them a little bit of rope. I mean, the, the prequels, you know, have their moments like, you know, pod race, et cetera, right? And I will give George Lucas credit for this. At least he had total and complete control over those movies. They ended up being exactly what he wanted, and they are, by definition, a singular vision. And you got to respect him for that. You got to respect those movies for that because there's really nothing else out there like it. I mean, that's... right. When I what Jupiter Ascending kind of approaches that territory, but still, there's there's really nothing else like those prequels. So they're an interesting experiment. Yeah, I totally get that, and like I said, I was willing to accept that part of it was on me and not entirely on George, but uh, it's still disappointing. I get you. I still can't remember the title of episode eight. No, we're gonna get ripped for that. You know that. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> please do. Please do. One movie does stand out that touches on your DCU complaint. And you know where I'm going with this? You get the ice, I'll get the ice, man. I got mine. Where's yours? What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age!
for playing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Do we need to say more than that? <laughs> you know, if you're if you're gonna take the whole, I mean, they they sold them as a four pack a while back, and I picked it up. So yeah. it's like, whenever I eventually get around to showing this to my daughter, it's like, okay, these first two, yep, are good. Yep. The second two are gonna be a little silly. Yeah, a lot, maybe a lot silly. Yeah, they're not really related to the first two, but yeah. you know, you gotta take the good with the bad if you're watching the series. Right. Because then, what do you get afterwards? you get Christopher Nolan is what you get afterwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. I think that if, if that's the reason we got the Christopher Nolan movies, then... <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. <sighs> Didn't feel like it at the time. No. I'd still kill for seeing Christopher Nolan take on, uh, uh, what's his name, as Robin in that universe. Oh, yeah. I'd, so the way, I'd watch that. The way that, that ended, I, I thought they really set it up nicely and then it went it would have been would have been perfect, and we would have went for it, right? Robin would yep. have been the next biggest thing, right? Billion dollars, right? And then it got steamrolled by DCU. So maybe I'm with you a little bit more on the the frustration with DCU if that's what happened there. The Hannibal series, essentially everything after Silence of the Lambs. Uh, no, I, I should take that back. Manhunter was made, I think, in the late '70s, early '80s, and that kind of kicked this whole thing off. It was a good movie. Is that the one called Red Dragon, or is that different? Well, Red Dragon was a remake of Manhunter. Okay. So Man Manhunter was Hannibal Lecter. Right. This was directed by Michael Mann. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Mann, you know who did Heat? So um, sure, yeah. Then Silence of the Lambs, classic. Right. Then they did Hannibal. Okay, so uh, I should really revise what I'm saying here. Hannibal, I thought was a decent sequel. Jodie Foster, you know that they had to recast her, but overall enjoyable. But then they were like, okay, what else can we do? So then they then they hire Brett Ratner to remake Manhunter, and they called it Red okay. Dragon. They got Edward Norton in there, oh. but it re- it was really an unnecessary prequel. It was just an excuse to to get back Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal and doing his whole shtick. It was kind of an unnecessary movie, and then. Yeah. Here's where it really gets bad is they, they they made a final movie called Hannibal Rising, which is was a prequel to all of this when Hannibal was oh. like a little, you know, young, very young adult and how he be- it was like an origin story. Stop Hannibal. Give him to Belpier. He ate my sister. <laughs> so did you. You ate her too. So why don't you kill yourself? No. Don't watch your feather to you in a broth. Liar. You have to kill everyone who knows it, don't you? You ate her. Half conscious. Your little lips greedy around the spoon. Ah! 
like the young Sheldon. <laughs> Not quite that young, yeah. but it was an origin story, how he became Hannibal. Yeah. I mean, this is straight. It was probably released theatrically, but it it's like, feels like straight-to-video schlock. It has nothing to do with any of the rest of it. So I toss that one, toss mm -hmm. Red Dragon, probably keep Hannibal and, the, you know, the first two there, obviously. Which was the one where they cut the guy's brain out a little slice at a time and feed it to him? Yeah, Hannibal. I thought I had good moments, you know? That was it, okay, yeah. Yeah, I liked that. That wasn't Kevin Bacon, though. Who was that? Do you remember? Yes, Ray Liotta. Liotta, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, it was. Because of the success and strength of Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal, you kind of say, okay, well, let me pick up the Red Dragon and Hannibal Rising, but but really, you don't ever re need to rewatch those last two for, for any reason. Right. Taken was a massive success. Taken 2 sure. and 3 were schlocky as hell. Because yeah. Taken 3 especially, it had like 100,000 cuts in it. Like, just okay. one second cuts. Chop, 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 chop. Oh, I hate and that. Every, it could, oh, could tell what was going on. Oh, you know, let's talk about Taken real fast. I mean, they're all the same story, right? As are like the five or six other Liam Neeson movies that came after that. What? What's the deal yeah. there? I mean, it's just like remake just, after remake of the same thing. Yeah, Liam Neeson, Revenge, Give Him a Gun, whatever. Doesn't matter. You'll go see it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there will be blood. Have you ever seen this one? Under this all these past years, you've been building your hate for me piece by piece. I don't even know who you are because you have none of me in you. You're someone else's. This anger, your maliciousness, backwards dealings with me. You're an orphan from a basket in the middle of the desert. And I took you for no other reason than I needed a sweet face to buy land. Did you get that? Sure, it's Academy Award winner, dude. You don't like that one? I get you, it's slow. It's worth watching once. Yeah. Which I did in a theater. Okay. But for some reason it's on my shelf and I haven't watched it at home yet but it's been on my shelf for years. So that's a real regret right there. What were you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it did win the Academy Award, right? I thought maybe maybe if I watch it a second time, I'll like it better. I don't know. I did the same thing. I said, maybe I didn't get it the first time. Mm, no, it's critic bait, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bastard in a basket. I drink your... Milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> A few memeable scenes, right? Yes. Fantastic Four, one and two. Which bad one? <laughs> I'm talking about the early 2000s. Okay. Super silly with the whole Jessica Alba, yeah. you know, Chris Evans, actually, yep. you know, in there. Yep, yep. These were super silly, yet somehow... <laughs> and here's the silver lining to all this. Somehow these movies actually managed to be better than the 2015 remake. Yes. Did you see the 2015 remake? I, I did. And what were they thinking? Oh my God. It was so God awful. Thank God I got like the free movie ticket from the Blu-ray of some X-Men movie that I bought to, to go see Fantastic Four 2015 because that was so God awful. It nearly ended the careers of the entire cast and crew. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
some of those movies, it's maybe better we don't even bring them up. <laughs> yeah. So Fantastic Four, one and two, I, I got to watch them with my daughter. I'll probably keep them around to watch them with my son when he gets a little older, and then I'll toss them. Okay. Have you seen this movie by the Coen brothers called A Serious Man? Larry, we've received a number of letters denigrating you and uh, urging us not to grant you tenure. I need help. We're going to be fine. I've tried to be a serious man. We're going to be fine. Tried to do right, be a member of the community. We're going to be fine. Please, just tell him I need help. Please. We're going to be fine. I need help. We're going to be fine. I thought I saw most of the Coens. Yeah, it's one of their lesser known ones, and there's a reason for that. Mm. <laughs> uh, Burn After Reading is classic. You can watch that over yeah. and over. Yeah, I love but that one. But this one, you know, you, you think Coen Brothers, oh, well, sure, I'm going to like it. But you buy it, and it was just, you weren't sure if it was supposed to be funny or if it was supposed to be serious. And it was just so bizarre. I think I tossed that one, gave it to Goodwill. Super Mario Brothers. Ooh, Bob Hoskins. And John Leguizamo. You know, I couldn't even remember who the second guy was. I, like many children back in the 80s, went to the theater to go see Super Mario Brothers. I'm sorry. And was totally confused and disappointed. Excuse me. Thank you for letting me use the phone. Oh, sure. And for the quarter. Are you, are you okay? I've got a few problems, but... Well, you know, we, we got a van. It's nice. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm asking if you, if you want to ride. Oh, but, uh... It's broken, though. Well... Your name's Daisy, isn't it? I overheard your name was Daisy. It's, you know, I haven't heard that name around here. It's really nice, too. It's like, no, I have heard it because it's like the flower and everything. But not like I hang around in flower shops or nothing like that. What my brother is trying to say is he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't even know how to begin. Who played the villain? Dennis Hopper. Oh, how could Dennis Hopper make a bad villain? I don't understand how that happened. Oh, my God. This was so <laughs> bizarre. And I think because of how bad it failed and how upset it made everyone, I think that's the reason why Nintendo never made any movie afterwards. Right. I think their minds changed recently. I think they're actually developing an animated Super Mario Brothers movie and with with Shigeru mm. Miyamoto, so hopefully it'll it'll be uh There's been a lot of really bad video game movies, haven't there? Yeah, they can't quite seem to crack that code, but I think they're getting close. Yeah. So, I'm going to keep this one on the shelf until the kids get older. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll show it to them as like You're going to ruin their childhood too? No. No, I'm going <laughs> to Wait till they get older, for sure. Uh, along the same vein, Masters of the Universe. What is this, a circus act? Now somebody's going to give me some answers around here. Let's start with you, Blondie. We're not your enemies. If you would just give us that, we would be very, very grateful. You're not getting nothing till I get some answers. He-Man, He-Man, someone's following us. What the hell is that? You twins five, 18 metros, closing fast. It's them. It's him! They've locked in on the key. Hey! Drop your weapons, right? Uh, hey, man! Gwildor, how long to calculate the coordinates and take us home? Uh, 
I don't know. The keys have all been moved. Oh, boy, are you people in trouble. He-Man, .61 chromons to Moonrise. Tila, take these people in the back. Let's go. You can't order me around. Oh, if you'd rather stay here and face Evelyn's commandos, that's fine with me. Look, believe me, sir, you wouldn't. Nope, never saw it. Yeah, I think, I, you know, this was the, the He-Man. Sure. Yeah, no, I got you. It's because He-Man and, and Dolph Lundgren, but but seriously, right. like, what the fuck were they thinking when they made this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a lot of cocaine in Hollywood. <laughs> Did I hear that they're making a new He-Man? Yes, and I'm totally excited. I hope they take their time with it and they don't mm-hmm. schlock it out. Is it live action or cartoon? Live action. I heard they're 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 casting this this young feller. I don't know if it's been officially confirmed, but yeah, they, they got these two virtually unknown brothers, the the knee brothers, I think, who are, who are tapped to direct it. So, you know, hopefully they do a good job. Okay. I'll keep those for now. Uh, a little bit more modern, Hunger Games 3 and 4. Yeah. Did you see the Hunger Games series? I did, and I started reading. I loved reading the first book, and I couldn't get past page 10 of the, the second one, so... When they made them into movies, I was like, all right, I'll go see them. But I wasn't too enthusiastic about it, and I certainly didn't go back and read the books after them. You know, Hunger Games, the first, the original, was, yeah, it was a weird kind of young adult movie, but I went with it because everyone said it was popular and that I should like it, so fine. Hunger Games 2 comes out, definitely improvement. Uh, they had a different director. They shot it in legit IMAX. And I went to go see it at the Smithsonian, and when they had the whole arena battle, it opened up into the full screen IMAX, and it was super exciting. Great cinematography, nice. less shake, you know, less shaky cam going on. Okay, okay, they set the bar, was raised, so you had really high expectations for three and four. Then three and four come along, and you're sitting there scratching your head. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! These, there was such a chore to get through, especially three. Yeah. Like nothing happens in the movie. Yep. We're going to start you down on one knee, okay. and as you rise up, you're going to hold your flag in the air and deliver your line. And remember, you've just stormed the outskirts of the capital, arm in arm with your brothers and sisters. Okay. Whenever you're ready. People of Finham, we fight, we dare, we... Does she know the line? I know, I know it, okay, I know it, I'm right. sorry. She's again. warming up. Okay, okay, all right, with energy, go. People of Penham, we fight, we dare to end this hunger for justice. You've just been in battle. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so- excuse my outburst. You've just been in battle. Let's try it again, whenever you're ready. People of Penham, we fight, we dare to end this hunger for justice. And that, my friends, is how a revolution dies. Yep. If you haven't seen the honest trailers for these, you need to go see them for sure. I think that anytime you see, like, whether it be TV or movie saying, hey, this is going to be great because we've split this book into two parts. I mean, we can cast some shade on The Hobbit for that, too. You know, anytime they do that stuff, uh, the only one that I think even did it halfway well was that the final Harry Potter, right? I think that editing that stuff 
down rather than expanding it out is generally a better idea. I didn't have a problem with Peter Jackson and The Hobbit. Maybe because I wasn't familiar with the books, but okay. I trust in Peter Jackson, and I, I thought I was I was entertained just fine by those movies. Um, here is a clear example of they stretched it out way too thin. Yeah. An odd one here. Don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, something called Mongol is a foreign language movie about Genghis Khan. I actually bought this because I thought it was another movie. <laughs> I've done uh, similar things, but I've never heard of this one. Uh, so I tossed that one in the goodwill bin. <sighs> Let's talk about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has been making a lot of good movies recently. Yeah, can't argue with that career. The Mission Impossibles. I really love Oblivion. I'll watch that every year. Yep. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. He's making some good movies. With the exception of The Mummy. Sergeant Morton? Where is it? What? Where's what? The letter. The map you stole from me. Map? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. How would I have even had an opportunity to steal anything from you, Miss... Miss... <laughs> okay. Sergeant Morton here thinks that I'll be too embarrassed to tell you that I had him in my hotel room three nights ago in Baghdad. And whilst I was sleeping, he went through my things. I'm not embarrassed, Nick. Disgusted, yes. Regretful, oh, certainly. But mainly just amazed at your ability to mimic all the qualities of genuine human intimacy, if only for 15 seconds. Where's the map, Morton? Okay. Sir, I admit that Miss Halsey and I did spend a delightful evening in Baghdad, a very long and satisfying evening if her reactions are to be considered sincere. But, sir, I left with nothing more than fond memories. Now, perhaps I may have neglected to say goodbye to her the next morning only because she was exhausted and I didn't want to wake okay. her. And the reward for my gracious consideration? Well, sir, as you can see, hell has no fury. Yeah, what happened there? I don't know, man. I think Universal's trying to set up their whole dark universe and want to attach some big names. Let's try to capitalize mm -hmm. on this Marvel success of getting this franchise going. And uh, let's just try to manufacture something real quick. And they got it out real quick. But seriously, Dark Universe fail. Yeah. I think I gave that one to my dad. I think that's one I I got a code from somebody else rather than buying the Blu-ray. <laughs> so I, I got off cheap there. That airplane sequence was kind of neat. The Z Zero G. Yeah. That was neat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's not a whole movie. No. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. I didn't get a chance to thank you. Drop your skittles. Uh, oh, okay. Just like this? It's fine. He did have a very cute butt. You know, I know you, you, you didn't have to pass me, and you did. And I just I didn't think you'd understand, and you did. And you know, you still haven't said thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, why'd you do it? I'm, I'm just curious. You're like my hero now. <laughs> Actually, my father was a pilot. And um, I've seen firsthand what happens when a pilot loses his wings. You know what? Your father's my hero then, too. In fact, as an officer, I think it'd be my duty to take my new hero's daughter out tonight just to die! Gosh, did I poke too deep? I think you hit the bone there. <laughs> you are so mean. What? So is, it, is there any chance that you might kind of, sort of, you know, like me? Well, how did you guess? They never taught us how to deal with 
what feeling? Well, it's kind of like this. Ow! Yeah, I'm... Uh, I, I mean, I saw it. Um, I don't know that it's anything that I need to see again and again the way that you might a Saving Private Ryan. Exactly. Worth watching once. Getting back to Dolph Lundgren, the Punisher. Excuse me, Lieutenant Berkowitz? Yeah. I'm Detective Sam Leary. Sam? <sighs> Samantha. Mm -hmm. I worked with you once, five years ago. The Moretti heroin bus. It was my first assignment, plain clothes. I was the hooker. Oh, right. Well, what can I do for you, Detective? I'd like a shot at being your partner. I don't work with a partner. I know, but you used to. Right, used to. Past tense. I'm not after a free ride. I can carry my share of the load. I'm oh, sure you can. No, you're not. You're not even listening to me. That's right. I'm not even listening to you. Why? Because I work with the best. Anything else is a waste of my time. Besides, would you think you're the first person to apply for this job? No, but I'm the most qualified. What makes you think that? I graduated first in my class at the academy. I scored in the top 1% of all officers in the target range. I made detective first time up. I'm the second youngest member of the force ever to do that. Well, you must make your parents very proud. Yeah, you turned me on to that whole series. I like the one with the new guy. I forget his name again. But uh, Dolph Lundgren is the Punisher. I'm not so sure about. <sighs> yeah, I think I bought it simply because I bought the newer ones with Thomas Jane and uh, Ray Stevenson. Thomas Jane, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, I gotta go back and get the original Dolph, just because I have the two <laughs> new ones. Mistake. <sighs> And that's the only reason. That's the only reason why it's on myself. Right. Another one here called Red Eye. It's got Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams on a plane, and he's kind of weird and creepy. And that's it. I think we mm -hmm. tossed that one on the Goodwill bin. You ever see The Ring Two? Can you tell me how you're feeling? Where's my mommy? Well, she'll be here soon. She's on her way. I want mommy. Yeah, I know you do. Your mommy wants to be with you, too. So where is she? She went home. She didn't think that you were going to wake up so soon. I want to go home, too. Well, you will. We just have to... We just have to get you... You're freezing. I want to go home to mommy. Um, I know I've seen The Ring and Ring Goo, but I don't know that I've seen Ring 2. They actually got... Naomi Watts back for the sequel. It was a legit sequel, but the final cut felt like a work print. You know, as if they didn't finish editing it. Oh. It felt like straight to video. I'm not sure if it was released that. It might have been if they got Naomi Watts back, but uh, it mm. really felt like straight to video. Not really adding anything anything new, just kind of redoing the same thing, and it's just really bizarre. Like the 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 sound, the soundtrack didn't really feel like it was mastered. It felt like it was like rough cut audio. It was really weird, almost like bootleg, but it wasn't. <laughs> was was the story anything, or it just went nowhere? I just remember it being kind of similar to the first, but not as good. Mm, yeah, I hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh, so we tossed that one. How about this? RoboCop 3. They made a third one. I remember one and two. I don't remember three. Different actor. Oh. Kind of like RoboCop and name only. Hmm. I don't know if you remember when this came out back in the day. I was a kid, but I remember seeing that trailer on TV. 
oh my god. Like, I had never even seen any RoboCop movie at all, but I saw the trailer for RoboCop 3 where RoboCop's flying around on a jetpack. And that was the coolest daggum thing I've ever seen. No, never saw that. Fast forward many years later, when I have, you know, I can go out and buy a movie on my own, I'm like, oh, well, I never got to see it. So let me just, let me go back and get Robocop 1, a classic. Robocop 2, not quite as good, but still pretty good. Yep. I'm like, okay, finally, Robocop 3, we're finally gonna see Robocop and Jetpack like I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. <laughs> oh my God, what a big mistake that was. You know, Robocop was recast. Virtually sidelined for most of the movie because he was, you know, injured or taken out of commission for something. So he was just laying there. And the jetpack was just like a quick scene at the end of the movie and had poor CGI from the 90s. It was just so oh, no. freaking stupid. No, I never even heard of it. So <laughs> Now, they, they, they remade Robocop a few years ago with Joel Kinnaman. I thought that was killer. I must have skipped that one, too. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It was essentially a, a remake of RoboCop, but just modern day, and uh, it was edgy. It was cool. Talking about remakes, I mean, like, the the worst remake of all time is a, that shot for shot of Psycho, right? Did you ever catch that one? I saw that in theaters, actually. I, I thought I enjoyed it at the time, but I'm not sure what I would think about it now. But it's kind of pointless, though, right? I mean, what what makes you think that you can do... Hitchcock better than Hitchcock. That that's what always occurred to me. Oh, it's totally pointless, but it would make money. Yeah, I guess that's the root of all evil, and I guess that's how they get their cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's got the name, and it's got a few actors people recognize. You know, the kids can go see it, and they're not going to go back and watch an old black and white movie unless like someone like us says, "Hey, you got to right. go back and watch this classic." Mm. You know, so uh, totally unnecessary. Transformers sequels. They made more than one. I felt like <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them. I don't know that I've actually seen them. Oh, are you serious? No, no, no. I'm joking because the audio is so good, and I guess the video is comparable, but the plot is just not so much. Come back here, Grimlock. Turn around. What do you got in your mouth? I swear, I am wasting my time protecting you. Drop the cruiser right now! I know you got the T. Sherman's cruiser! Drop it! <laughs> Serves you right! Spit it out! Spit it! <laughs> Don't eat cars! Don't eat cars! You get back in your hole and think about what you did! It's like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade out here, Jimmy J. You hired me from a want ad in the Dakota Penny Ledger. Think that comes with a superpower? That is a dinosaur, an alien dinosaur. That was not in the ad. They just keep getting worse and worse. I felt like the first one had heart. It had some good action. And it was something new. And yeah, sure, Transformers are back. They... I remember for years I was on the home theater forum and there was lots of discussion about like, oh, when are they going to make a live action Transformers? And then there was this one clip. I remember, so back in the day, someone posted on the home theater forum just some 30 second clip of some independent CG artist who who made like a little CG trans, live action Transformer, like transform from a car into a, into a robot. And it kind of showed everyone that 
the technology is here now that we can do this. And I, I can't remember what that clip was, but wow, if you can find that, yeah, that would be totally awesome. Fast forward to 2007. Uh, right. You know, they fight Steven Spielberg, Michael Bay. Okay, you know, Shia LaBeouf it was funny. It was fun and yeah. good action. But then they just, Michael Bay just, like you said, lots of cocaine, lots of whatever <laughs> it is. And they just get head slapped silly. The action's great. The sound's great. But it's, it's totally incoherent and you feel dumber. Yes. And then they just keep cranking these out. And I keep yeah. on buying them. Yeah. And actually, I bought Revenge of the Fallen twice because after I bought it the first time, I found out that there was an actual, there was an IMAX Blu-ray edition of that same movie that had the expanded aspect ratio. I'm like, son of a bitch! Now I gotta go buy that one too. I have, I have yet to even watch it, and it's on my shelf. Yep, yep. I attribute the same thing to George Lucas, right? There's just nobody to tell a George Lucas no. There's nobody to tell a Michael Bay no. Yes, that's exactly it. I'm worried that the same kind of thing could happen to like a Christopher Nolan or a James Cameron, but somehow they have avoided that where just you know, those guys didn't. I'm not afraid for Christopher Nolan yet. I would say that James Cameron with the next uh, series of Avatar movies that are coming out, there's there's a potential for that to happen. So, you know, right. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But he hasn't done us wrong yet. That's true. That's true. I got a few more here. Sure. Um, so I want to talk about two more TV shows. I'm bringing these up on behalf of my wife. My wife bought seasons one through four of Scandal. I think it's got that actress, Carrie Washington. This is a this is a network show. Okay. And then she started watching them, and she was kind of disappointed. I said, well, you know, what are your thoughts on this? What were you expecting? And I'm going to read something. I asked her to write this down for me because I wanted to read it uh, from... Nice. I wanted her thoughts specifically. And I quote, I wanted to buy Scandal because it is suggested that if you are really into politics, power, and the female dynamic, then you would really like it. I was disappointed because its name greatly overstated the actual contents of the show. It may be network scandalous, but it is not actually scandalous by my definition. Anyway, Mm. House of Cards trumps it in every way times a thousand. It was more melodrama than anything else, and many of the issues, quote-unquote, seem to be conveniently wrapped up in 40 minutes. So th- those were her thoughts. I hadn't seen it myself, but I thought this it would be a good inclusion to the show. I think she's only watched season one, and yet we have seasons one through four just sitting on the shelf. I don't know if she's going to get to them. I mean, we've got a real golden age of TV on cable TV and on HBO Showtime, and now we've got all these streaming shows, and none of them have their hands tied behind their back the way that the networks do, right? Right, that's exactly it, yeah. I'm sure there are people out there that are pining for family-friendly dramas and stuff like that. I mean, they're still making six different Blue Bloods and CSIs and stuff like that. But can you imagine what a what a CSI would actually look like if a cable TV show was able to go nuts with something like that? We've already talked about my frustration with all these uh, broadcast TVs starting their own streaming, and they're they're not expanding into more gritty or adult, whatever you want to tag it as, content. They're still doing all that safe stuff. I mean, they learn nothing from cable and pay TV eating their lunch, and even Netflix. 
they still want to do all this safe stuff, and I, I don't see that working out long term. That's a good way to describe it. Can you imagine David Fincher directs CSI? Yeah, I'm in. On Sign HBO, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll watch that CSI. Yeah, for sure. Another show my wife bought, Vinyl. Oh, I love Vinyl. Did you? They're not making a sequel. I haven't seen it. They were one and done on that, unfortunately. <laughs> I, lo- I loved Vinyl, though. My wife bought this, and she says, Vinyl I bought because I assumed it had awesome music and awesome aesthetic and because I like Olivia Wilde. I thought it might be like a serialized Almost Famous and make me wish I would have come of age in the 70s. While the aesthetic still appeals to me, the music was not that impressive and the story was very slow and kind of dull. The characters were not terribly likable and not in a Game of Thrones or House of Cards flawed protagonist sort of way. The show seemed too big for its britches, so into itself that it lost perspective and seemed sort of wandering and overall questionable. I'm honestly not surprised HBO didn't pick it up for a second season. Yeah. Well, she, she's absolutely right there, right? Look at all the big names that were associated with that. You had Mick Jagger's kid as one of the lead roles. You had, oh, what was the director attached to to all of it? Um, Scorsese? Was, he, was that he, Scorsese? He was one yeah, of the producers. I think so. I mean, it had the formula, right? Real star power behind it, but it didn't grab me until like the the last couple of episodes, and I, I thought that they had set themselves up for a great season two, and I was bummed that they didn't get it. But I totally understand why audiences didn't flock to it. It was it was a a very very specific aesthetic, and you had to be kind of interested in the music business back in the 70s and 80s for it to make sense. It looked slick. It looked like something I would like to watch, but I haven't yet watched it. I'm not even sure if she's even finished it yet, So, but it's sitting there on our shelf. That's in the missed opportunities for me. I, I wouldn't, I, I would watch it again if I had, you know, more hours in the day, but, uh, but I, okay. I can definitely understand why people are frustrated with it. Well, maybe I'll give it a chance then. Okay, these were all dollar store purchases. Okay. And all but one I tossed afterwards. Some of these movies you, you would think would be really good based on who's in them and uh, what what they're about and such. So there's this one movie called Killer Elite starring Robert De Niro, Jason Statham, and Clive Owen. Doesn't that sound like a good setup? I think I saw it, but I don't remember it. Exactly. It's just so forgettable. November Man with Pierce Brosnan. Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all expecting, oh, cool, yeah, 007, gold dice back. Yeah, nope. No, 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 it didn't happen. Dom Hemingway with Jude Law and Amelia Clark. Skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. It was all right, but uh, maybe a little too British for me. I don't know. Duplicity with Clive Owen and Julia Roberts. Mm, not ringing a bell. It's just basically spying and double cross just ended up being way too confusing. Who's double-crossing who? What the heck's going on with the plot? Uh, Hector and the Search for Happiness. Boy, I'd never heard of that. With a title like that and Simon Pegg as the lead. Oh, now you've got my attention. Exactly. So you pop this in. It's funny for the first few minutes. And then all of a sudden, it just changes. It's, I guess you'd call this a dramedy. But the first 10 minutes are funny, and then the rest of the movie is like the drama portion. Ooh. So not a good example of dramedy at all. Don't waste your time on it. 
Sweetwater with January Jones. Nope. The only thing this has got going for it is that it's a Western, mm-hmm. and she's topless. Swing! Tentpole! <laughs> you can't beat that. Now, the last one on this dollar store special list that I have that I am absolutely keeping, Out of the Shadows with Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, and Zoe Saldana. No, never heard of that. Highly recommend this one. Hey, so that Hector one that you were talking about reminds me of one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I actually paid to see it in the theater, too. Did you ever see Downsizing? Downsizing. Uh, I was thinking you were going to Weatherman with uh, Nicholas Cage, I think, or Family Man, something with Nicholas Cage. Oh, Family Man, yeah. Uh, No, Downsizing. Downsizing. No, tell me. With uh, Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon, the entire idea of him becoming a shrunken person happens in like the first 10 minutes of the movie and that's all of what the trailer's about the trailer shows you know how they're reacting to the world being big around them and they're being little people and then so that's cool for like 10 minutes and then the next hour and 45 minutes are an excruciating excursion into uh climate change and how being little people we could save the earth oh my god it's terrible (sighs) interesting because that looked funny yeah the trailer's hilarious the movie is like a sad sack and you all should be ashamed for what you're doing to the environment oh interesting okay i didn't know that's the angle they played with that hmm yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i don't mind it when a when a movie tries to teach you something or right uh, you know, p- preach to you something that's that's you know worthwhile bringing you know shedding shining a light on a certain subject matter. Sure. Um, but if you're going into it expecting it to be a funny movie and then it comes out being yeah, something totally different, then yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like Ebert says, right, that the movies are an engine for empathy. Right. I'm all for that, and I'm all for learning something. But geez, don't preach at me, please. <laughs> that essentially ends my list of things. Now, I know you had a few other things you wanted to talk about. You sent me a list here. So, yeah, I mean, if if you Google worst movies ever, right, there's an almost unlimited number of people who have their list of the worst movies. Wikipedia, in particular, catalogs the 100 worst movies, and they do it by decade, right? So there's two in the 1930s. There's, like, 20 in the 2000s, 20 in the... 2010s i mean they go all the way back to things like reefer madness and so on there are rotten tomatoes movies that have gotten complete zeros no critics at all have found them favorably imdb has a list of the hundred lowest scoring movies on their thing and there's a site called ranker that i guess has crowd input that you can vote movies up and down and most like a Reddit-style thumb-up, thumb-down type deal. And they list their worst movies of all time. I think there's 75 of them. Looking over the Wikipedia list, right, there are some that you would find, wow, I, I didn't think that, that was that bad a movie. And, for example, it says The Avengers is, a, is one of the worst movies. And then I look and see it's 1998, The Avengers. I don't know, don't know that one. There's very recognizable names here, right? Reef for Madness, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Home Theater Forum has a, a special place in its heart for one called Manos, The Hands of Fate, 
from 1966. They list The Exorcist 2 that you put out, Caligula, Heaven's Gate, Ishtar, Striptease. And then there's movies that, that I honestly have never even heard of, but sounds amazing, right? There's one called Santa Claus Conquers the Martians from 1964. Oh, God. Bat, not bad. Bat Pussy from 1973. Um, <laughs> they... They, they say that Mommy Dearest is one of the worst movies of all time. I don't know about that. No wire hangers here. Uh, Batman and Robin made their list. Battlefield Earth. The Room, which we, we know uh, is highly celebrated. Gigli. It's, uh, it's Gigli, by the way. Catwoman. I've got so many people to thank because you don't win a Razzie without a lot of help from a lot of people. So, first of all, I want to thank Warner Brothers. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god-awful movie. The Hottie and the Naughty. Dirty Grandpa, another one I reviewed for Home Theater Forum. So, I mean, it, if, if you're interested in bad movies, there are places that'll help you find them. And so, you know, I always considered myself a, a fan of some bad movies. And, and we started talking earlier about uh, following sites like the Razzies and Mystery Science Theater. So there's no end of sites that will help you indulge those bad movies. But I, I thought my list was very personal, so I don't know that I have the depth of bad movies that I once thought I had till I started looking them up. So I'm looking at this list here, and a couple of things come to mind. Yeah, I see Exorcist 2, <laughs> The Heretic. I mean, for something like that, because the first movie was so strong, you would expect the sequel to be somewhat on the same level. Sure. But because it was such a disappointment, because it really wasn't what people were hoping it would be, I think arguably it's better than Exorcists, you know, the one that they had to remake when they were making it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> but that movie shouldn't have never been made in the first place, so they're probably not going to put it on this list. But what? Okay, so something like Superman Four is on this list. Like that's yeah. on my shelf, right? But yep. it's on my shelf because I bought the Superman box set that includes right. Superman One through Four plus Superman Returns, and right. I think Superman Returns. Pro I, I think that disappointed a lot of people because people thought it was like the chick flick version of Superman Returns. But you know what? After Man of Steel, I will take me some Superman Returns <laughs> and rewatch that. I felt as though it was a well-done movie. It paid homage to the Christopher Reeve. Brandon right. Routh was absolute perfect Superman. The music was wonderful. It was it was majestic. shot well it was it was it was a pure cinematic work of art now maybe it's not a classic but i'll take me some superman returns any day over man of steel but quest for peace they didn't even release that on the blu-ray with the surround track they just gave you a stereo track um but that's in the collection because you kind of have to take the good with the bad but you know what it's got christopher reeve and every time he is on screen it's pure gold I'll rewatch Superman 4. I'd rewatch that every year because I'd probably do Superman every year, you know, once a year. What about Sex Lives of the Potato Men? Have you ever heard of that one? 
We're going to have to dig that one out. I haven't heard of most of these, no. Okay. So, movie 43. Did you ever see this one? No, not a clue. It's got a bunch of A-list Hollywood actors in it. It's essentially a 15 to 20 minute long short stories back to back that they made into a a movie, right? Hugh okay. Jackman's in it. I, I kind of remember hearing about it, but I don't think I ever got to see it. It's weird, raunchy comedy skits that they just okay. kind of put into a movie. I don't know if they really relate to one another, but I thought it was hilarious. That's one that I don't have that I wish I did have on my shelf. Mm. Well, I will keep my eye out for it. Yeah. If nothing else, you must watch the skit with Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet. It's them at a dinner table, kind of like on a blind date sort of thing. Oh, mm. oh you've um got something on your... Oh, coming on my neck? Leave it to me to embarrass myself on a first date. Oh. Mm. Here. Here. There. Again? A bit, bit more on, on the left. Well, one uh, left side of dribbly bit. I just think it's so hilarious. It's raunchy as hell. Raunchy as hell. But I love it. Nice. Maybe Is it possible it's on YouTube? Possibly. Who knows? We'll have to look for that. So I think we covered a lot of ground, Brian. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I don't know how Hollywood has these tricks, man. They're like, well, here's the next. Like we, we talked about with Escape Plan, you know, Stallone, he got us with uh, Schwarzenegger in the first one. He said, okay, I'm making a second one. Oh, I'm making a third one. You know, so Stallone came out and said, hey, we're going to make Escape Plan 2 and 3. So then what do you immediately think? You think... Oh my God, I got to see them both. I have to get them both. I have to put them both on my shelf next to one because I liked one. <laughs> sure. That's how they get you. <laughs> you know, and they get you because, oh, well, it's Star Wars. So of course right. it's going to be something you have to watch. Billion dollar franchise. It's got to be good. What's <laughs> the title number eight? I'm, I'm not, not looking, looking it up. <laughs> I'm doing my darnest to remember. I can't. So Hollywood's got their hooks in us, man. We keep buying these things. But I think I finally reached a point at which I'm going to start getting rid of stuff that should not be up there. I'm not going to rewatch it, you know. And if I change my mind later, I'll just buy it again later. I'm not going to sweat it. But I'm not going right. to because these are terrible. Or they're only worth watching once. Well, I think that's the great thing about our hobby is that, you know, sometimes you'll find that diamond in the rough, and then sometimes you just find the rough. <laughs> right. Even they can be things that your best friend is going to tell you, you're going to love this, and then all of a sudden you're questioning your life choices and your choices of friends. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another thing I thought of, too, is that since I don't get out to the theater as much, I'm I'm blind buying a lot of these. Oh, okay. Like Valerian. I said, okay, mm-hmm. Luke Besson, he's a he's a known quantity. So, sure. uh I'll just pick that up. It looks looks kind of, you know, I'm into the whole fifth element that sort of thing. That just went drastically wrong, I felt like. And so, fine. Escape plan 2, five, 10 10 bucks. Just down the drain. Whatever. So, I guess I'm trying to be a little bit more selective. So I don't trap myself because I know myself and I have a tendency to just hold on to something just because I have it and what's going to happen when I don't have it. And it's getting over that fear that is allowing me to finally get rid of this garbage. 
fear of missing out. That's what they call it, FOMO. Yeah, exactly. Here's the crazy thing, and you know that I review these movies for Home Theater Forum. All of these movies, no matter how bad they are, a lot of them have behind-the-scenes looks and, you know, how did this movie get made? And to every one of them, not one of them will they admit that this is kind of a stinker. You said that Stallone did on, on that escape plan, too. Out, I guess that was on Twitter or something like that. They gotta tell you something. I'm really getting sick of this shit. But if you watch yeah. all the, the making of and stuff like that, it's like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. We had the greatest time. This is the greatest director. You gotta wonder, do they really believe this or are they just putting on a happy face to try to sell discs? You hope it's the second one. I I think that in some cases they're being truthful, they're being honest. When it is a, a blockbuster hit or, or a movie that really touches the culture in a certain way, um, there's some truth behind some of that. But on the other hand, when you have when you watch the special features for Mummy and you have Tom Cruise up there with uh whoever directed that movie, um, they're just saying how how this movie's so great and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, they're just trying to sell it because they know it's not that great. It's part of our hobby is dealing with bad movies and you got to go through them with a smile. The best thing that you can do with the bad movie is <laughs> talk back to the screen a little bit and live it up. But there are going to be times where you're going to be tempted to walk out and I fully support that. And today with our streaming choices, you can just on to the next thing. So, All right, man. Well, uh, as usual, it was a pleasure dissecting this subject here i'm so happy with the title you came up with because every time i look at my movie collection i'm just thinking you know i really have to try to minimize my shelf regret here you know try to maximize (laughs) on on the pleasure of all my movies here but um you know i just have to be more selective up front and try to see if i can you know see a bad pitch coming i don't swing at it you know (laughs) yeah i I guess if we could do that we could make a mint in hollywood (laughs) Well, Sam, it was a pleasure. Yep. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, and please tell us what you consider the worst movies you've suffered through and try to be nice about it. We we don't want to get too down on stuff here at Home Theater Forum, but we all know we struggle with some things that we didn't enjoy. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate all your support. We'll look for you next time. For sure.